Yeah.
as well as the powerful and protective man of steel. But secondly, fathers must also be a super model. We don't have enough models today. Supermodel is one who loves, first of all, their mothers. Yeah, yeah, I'll get to that in a minute. Loves and liberates and legislates righteousness. Fathers must be intimate and protective of their daughters, as well as instructive, listen to this, and performance driven to their sons. Yeah. And when we begin to look at this matter of fatherhood, we see that there is a dearth, there is a lack of functioning fathers in our society. Um, because you can make a baby, it does not make you a man. Yeah. Yeah. And because you can have a baby, it does not make you a woman. That what's missing today is that we really don't have models of responsibility. Because with children, more is caught than taught. Are you with me? It's not not what you say. It's what you are. It's what you do. Yeah. And when we begin to look at this matter of fatherhood, the book of Proverbs calls the fathers the glory of the children. I used to get puzzled why Solomon, writer of Proverbs, would call the fathers the glory of the children. He didn't call the mothers the glory, he called the fathers the glory of their children. Mm. Because the father is a game changer. He can change the game. He's the one that if functioning as God intended for him to function, amen, that he is both sensitive and stern. He's a coach and a counselor. He's a developer and a disciplinarian, a driver and a director, passionate but never passive. Yeah, head but not hard, respectful but never removed. And Proverbs is written by Solomon. By the way, Solomon, Proverbs is one of four poetic books, three of which Solomon wrote. Psalms is a poetic book. And uh, Proverbs, Song of Solomon, Ecclesiastics were all written by Solomon, son of David. And Solomon wrote over 3,000 Proverbs and 1,005 songs. And the word proverb is a pithy short saying which has, 
has parabolic, amen, definings. In other words, it's a parable. It's, it's a short parable, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And these parables are placed together, amen, to help us understand the real issues of life. And there are four powerful words that are used, three of which to describe the book of Proverbs. Wisdom, which is an applied knowledge of one who fears the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning point of knowledge. And so wisdom is an applied knowledge. And then knowledge, amen, is de defined as a practical application of truth to one's life. And then the third word is understanding, which is the, amen, driving force of one's learning and liberation. So wisdom Amen and understanding and knowledge are three words that help to formulate this great book of Proverbs. And, and, it's, and it's in this context that Solomon, son of David, and if you, you know, I've said this before, the first seven chapters is addressed to my son. It's a father giving spiritual guidance to his son. Spiritual guidance to a son. I want to commend all the mothers and grandmothers who have played both mother and father and have labored to raise your children. But before I dive into this most meaningful text, let me give you some excerpts from Jay Palanter's book on 52 Things Kids Need from a Dad. I was in the airport, and I, I, I went over to the bookshelf, and I seen these 52 things that kids need from a day, and I said, ah, let me get it start reading it. And I just pulled some excerpts out, more or less some statistics, which are frightening. And I want you to hear them. What happens when dads are not around? 85% of youth end up in prison. There is a legal connection. Here's the second statistic. Um, children who live apart from their fathers are 4.3 times more likely to smoke cigarettes and use drugs. Now, not only do we have a legal connection, now there's an addictive connection. Third, fathers of boys and girls are uh, fatherless boys and girls are twice as likely to drop out of high school and listen, twice as likely again to go to jail and four times more likely to end up with both emotional and behavioral problems. So now there is a psychological connection. And here's another statistic for you. 75% of all adolescent kids that are fatherless, three out of four teenage suicides are kids that are fatherless. 
So now there is a death connection. These statistics, no doubt, are alarming. And it says adolescent females between the ages of 15 and 19 will experience premarital sex, promiscuity, and having kids out of wedlocks where there is not a father in the home. Those statistics tell it all. You go to Greatersford Prison right now, 95% of those guys up there never had a dad. Therefore, as we look at this matter of fatherhood, we've got to get fathers back. And one of the reasons I love St. Matthew so much is because we have a, this is a church filled with men. We manufacture men here. Men. 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 And when I look at statistics like that, it makes me realize why we have the crime, the drug addictions, why we have um, this whole matter, and we are living in a society where values have tremendously changed, even down to gender. We are experiencing things now we've never experienced before. And we got to get back to the good old days where men and women formulate a family. Now I hear about this, but too bad. I want to suggest as we look at this well-known chapter that as Solomon is writing his son Rehoboam, not David writing Solomon, but Solomon is writing his son Rehoboam, he says, my son, I want to just point out six critical characteristics of what I believe is a godly father. And the first is, notice the counsel of a godly father, three, one to four, that a godly father gives his son and daughter direction. My son, forget not my law. Now stop. Two things I want you to notice. The personal pronoun my. God's law is my law. You ain't getting this. The word law is Torah in the Hebrew, which means to throw, to distribute it, to learn, to teach God's commands and principles. And what fathers need to do is teach their children God's word as their word. Right. My law. Yes, sir. My law is that you walk in the light. My law is that you be honest and have character and integrity. My law is that you keep God's law. Look what he says, but let thine heart keep my commandments. It is interesting how Solomon is taking God's word and God's law and God's Torah and God's commandment and giving it ownership. It's mine. All right. All 
You know what's wrong with the church, Sister Hicks? Too many parents don't make God's rules their rules. You so busy trying to be hip. You so busy trying to be your child's friend. You more concerned about partying with them and getting high with them and drinking with them and relating to them that you can't even differentiate a parent from a child. My mother used to say, you stay in the child's place. Oh, I'm preaching up in this place now. A child is seen and not, you ain't heard in here. You ain't got no opinion about nothing. And this new psychology of parenting, well, let, let's have a family talk and let the children have the input. They ain't got no input. They ain't paying no bills. Come on, somebody talk back to me. They ain't got no input. That's what's wrong with the world right now. Well, what movie should we go to? You ain't got no money. Shut up. What kind of car should mommy buy? Come on, are y'all talking back to me? When they start paying bills, then let them in. Are y'all praying with me? Child tell you to go to hell and you say, well, let's go. I heard Joshua say, look, you can do what you want to do, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I ain't having no child in Buddha and Allah and Confucius and Mormon. I ain't having all that. You live under my roof, we serve the same God. Can I get a witness? We serve the God of the universe and his name is Jesus the Christ. Walking in this house with turbans on and <laughs> long robes and all that mess and you as the parent go well, I, I try yeah, yeah, I'd smack them look at, look at, look at the council the, he says look at verse 2 and 3 for length of days long life and peace now don't please don't miss this God says if you take his commandments to heart, it will affect your future. Your list of days, your long life. You can't be sitting up here taking drugs all your life thinking you're going to live a long time. Somebody need to preach it. You can't smoke two or three packs of cigarettes a day and think you're going to live a long time. Can't be catching all them venereal diseases and think you're going to live a long time. Time. You want to live for days? You got to walk in the light. Somebody got to preach it. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and look what he says in verse, verse 3. Let not mercy, uh, the Hebrew word said, 
which means long-suffering. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them. Look at the two body parts about your neck and write them on the table of your heart. And if you do that, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, if you just put this thing around your neck, come on, and write this thing on your heart, look at verse 4, you shall find favor. Stop. You know what favor is? Favor is when you go for a job interview and God beats you there and God gives you favor. Favor's when you need a bill paid and grace steps in to pay that thing. Favor is when you got a health issue and the Lord comes out of nowhere and heals you. You need favor. He'll give you favor. He'll give you favor and he'll give you good understanding in the sight of God and man. Why? Because you had counsel. The counsel of a godly father. Verses 1 to 4. But secondly, the coaching of a godly father. 5 and 6. Not, uh-oh, not, watch this now, not so much yeah, diligence, direction, but dependence. Are you with me? I'm trying, I'm trying to fix this thing this morning. Trust in the Lord. Not in your intellect, your GPS, your resume, but trust in the Lord with some of your heart. No, all of thine heart. That means you got you to gotta, you gotta lay back and cast it all on Jesus. You, you got you to gotta cast the stuff you think you can handle on Jesus. You got to cast the stuff you know you can't handle on Jesus. You got to cast the stuff you don't even want to handle on Jesus. Trust in the Lord with all that heart. Lord, I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know how it's going to get done. I don't know where it's coming from. But God, I trust you with the end product. Are you praying with me? Hey, trust in the Lord with all thy heart and whatever you do, lean not to thy own understanding. You need God's GPS system or else you just lost. Can I get a witness? Every time somebody talks to me today, now, you know, I, I don't care. Now, I'm going to say, look, every time somebody talks to me, you know, Dr. Gardner or Pastor Gardner, blah, 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 the minute they start talking, here I go, Jesus. Jesus. Every, everything is Jesus. Yeah. I, I, I refuse to take a compliment without saying Jesus. I, I, re, I refuse to, amen, acknowledge that God has met Jesus. You know why? Because if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, where would I be? If Jesus didn't step into my life, if Jesus didn't snatch me out of hell, if Jesus didn't turn my life around, if Jesus didn't plant my feet on a solid ground, I'd be in hell this morning. It's Jesus. It wasn't luck. It wasn't coincidence. It was Jesus. Can I get a witness? And the more I give him the praise, the more doors he keeps opening up. Can I get a witness? You know why? Because he can trust you with his glory. Look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. The coaching of a godly father. 
is that there is guidance when we trust him. Mm, there's a GPS system. Can I get a witness? And child of God, to your children, there's no greater substance than a father's face. Trust Jesus and don't lean to your own understanding. Whatever you do, don't stop, pause, park, and think you got the answer. You can't see everything. You can't see everything coming at you. You can't see everything around you. You don't know what the future holds. You, you are forced to trust Jesus. Lord, I trust you with my family. Lord, I trust you with my children. Lord, I trust you with my money. Lord, I trust you with my mind. Lord, I trust you with my health. Lord, I trust you with my steps. Lord, I trust you. Mm. Children need to be coached. Thank you, Jesus. By the way, the father is the authoritative figure. Now listen to this. By creation. You get quiet all you want. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. God has so created us when it says the man is the head of the family. Yeah, I know they don't want me to bring it, baby, but I'm going to bring it. 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 Some, some of y'all want to be head, but God ain't make you head. Can I get a witness? Yeah, yeah, I ain't getting no amens in here. Today. I ain't getting no amens up in here, but in, in the name of Jesus. Listen, 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 listen. Let me tell you about creation. I got seven German shepherds home. Look, when, when, and it's, it's no, it's no, it's, you know, my wife does a lot for the dog. When my wife goes out there and says, hey, sometimes they'll sit there and look at her. <laughs> and they ultimately do it. But when I go out there, I say, down. <laughs> There's something in my voice. I'm preaching up in this place. There's a masculinity. I know that's a curse word today, but there's there's a masculinity. There's a, there's a masculinity in my voice. And let me tell you something you don't know. Even when your kids, when your kid, when your sons turn 14 and 15, them boys, when the mother said, did you hear me? It, it's almost like a challenge. They need that masculine voice. Son, what did your mother say? I, I'm, I'm preaching up in this place. I'm preaching. Oh, I love this stuff. Some of y'all sisters can't even look at me. You're so messed up. Look at this. Am I right about it? <laughs> oh, look at it, look at it, look at it, look at it. Look at this. Uh, 
the, the coaching. <laughs> I'll get a call. I'm, I'm going to get a call now from Frankfurt Avenue in Philly. Look, but the, the coaching of a godly father. Are you with me? Look at the third thing, the caution of a godly father. Look at verse 7 and 8. Look, be not wise in your own eyes. In other words, you need to tell your children you don't know everything. I, I know when they turn 19, 20, 21, 22, they know everything. Don't they know everything? Now, you done lived, you, you, you've done that, they, they know everything. Dad, you, you out of, you out of, you out of, you out of time, you don't know. I, I was sharing this morning, when my kids were growing up, I used to take them to the gallery, you know, and we walked through the gallery, and then we walked down Market Street, Chestnut Street, then I put them on the subway, we go to North Philly, South Philly. So my son said, well, what are we doing? I said, I'm exposing you to the hood. Because I'm from the hood. And if you ain't never lived in the hood, you don't know the hood. And if you go in the hood and never been in the hood, the hood will hood you up. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? You understand what I'm saying? So when I go to, you know, when I go to Philly, I got my hat on, I'm, you know. You, So they, I don't want them in Philly like this. Where you from, man? Williamstown. Well, what in the world is that? You understand? So it was exposure. How many of you know what I'm talking about? They saw street people. They saw drugs. Come on, they saw prostitutes. Are y'all with me? I don't want them to live that way, but I'm exposing them to the world. To the real world. Hey man, you want to buy a watch? You want to you? Hey man, man you, you you know what I'm talking about? I want your kids growing up with all this grass and garages up all night, cars unlocked, and then they go live in Philly and get robbed the first night. You don't want that. They they gotta be exposed and stuff. You you don't want them in it, but you gotta expose. Look, see this? Don't do that. See this? This is what that means. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? It's a sixth sense. I tell my children, I say, you know, when they drive, I say, look, before you get out of the car, look around. Before you get in the car, look around. When you're driving, look in your mirrors. Look, look all, keep alert. Come on now, y'all talking to me. And don't put everybody in your car. You don't know what's in their pockets. And child of God, the cops will lock you up. Assume the position. Green, you've been locked up before. You know what I'm talking about. You're, assume the position. You, you, you don't need. You don't, you don't need all that. You got to teach them while they're young. Because once you go to jail and get in that system, you finish. Every time you go to get a job, they pull your name up. Every time I'm preaching up in this place. Child of God, you got to coach them kids. Listen to this. He's a counselor. He's a coach. There's a cautionary measure. Paul used this in Romans 12, 16. Be of the same mind toward one another. Mind not high things, 
but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own eyes. And the caution here, child of God, is when we become low in our own eyes, the fear of the Lord takes over. God will add health and wealth. God will add strength, amen, in the midst of your struggle. We got to teach. And see, you got to be steel and velvet. With your daughters, you got to be velvet. With your sons, you got to be steel. It's, it's a whole different. You can't raise them the same way. Are you with me? Lord, have mercy. Uh, so, child of God, he, he deals with the counsel. He deals, yeah. He handles this matter of coaching and then caution. But look at the contribution. I know you don't want to hear this one. Verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruit of all thine increase, so shall thy bonds be filled with plenty. Now stop. I raise my kids. Look, I give them $2 allowance, the Lord gets 20 cents. Come on, man. All through the Old Testament, there's a percentage. Genesis 14, before the law. Exodus 20, law, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. God says, I don't want what you don't have. I want a tenth of what you do have. It's equitable. So if I have a million dollars, the Lord gets the first hundred thousand. If I only have a dollar, he gets ten cents. I'm preaching up in this place. If I only have ten dollars, he gets one dollar. And listen, see, here's why we haven't been taught the tithe is not your offering. The tithe is what you owe God. What you owe him is 10%. Paul talks about abounding. You can't abound till you bound. Can I get a witness? Oh, they're getting quiet up in this place. It's all right. I love you too. To the day, my son tithes. To the day. What am I setting him up to do? To be blessed. Are y'all hearing me up in this place? Look, look what it says right here. And see the percentage in the Old Testament turns into a principle in the New Testament. Paul says, as you have prospered. Look, look, look at this. Here's, here's the promise. Of the percentage. Look at verse 10. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty. Thy presses shall burst out new wine. Wine denotes joy. Because the wine was unfermented. Not that 2K y'all buy. <laughs> wine talks about joy. God says, I'm going to give you joy. I'm going to fill your barns up when you remember to honor me. With your substance. Check it out. A godly father deals with this matter of counsel, coaching, caution, contribution. Stuff's getting good. And here it is. Fifthly, correction of a godly father. Look at verse 11 and 12. Are you with me? Proverbs 3. My son! 
despise not the chastening of the law. Now, this scripture, amen, uh, Hebrews 12, 5 comes from here. Now, the word chastening does not mean abuse. It's associated with discipline, discipleship, and instruction. Didn't our parents teach us a lot of instruction? Didn't I tell you not to do that? Yes. It was instruction. And the instruction, Sister Hicks, stuck with us. If they got to you good enough, you did not repeat an offense. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I never forget my slick brother, boy. He's, he's a minister to he. He had a bad report card. He came home. My dad came from work and said, all right, down in the basement. Dad had his belt. And my brother's a slickster, man. He, he went upstairs. He said, I got to go to the bathroom first. He went upstairs. He took his pants down and put this big, thick composition book in his pants. <laughs> so, so my dad was hitting me. He's going, oh, oh. My dad said, something's wrong. Take them pants down. <laughs> and the book dropped out. <laughs> Boy, he tore him up. <sighs> Do not despise the discipline of the Lord. Neither get weary of his what? Oh, of his what? The, listen, God's chastening to his children is never punitive, it's always corrective. Did you get this? It's not to hurt you, it's to help you. It's not to punish you. It's not to bruise you, it's to straighten you out. And it doesn't always have to be a beating. Sometimes it could be, hey, hey amen, you know, look, back, back in the 50s and early 60s when mom said, you're on punishment, that was like going to prison. Because the bed, all we had in, first of all, the bedroom was about big as this pulpit. There was one window with no fan. No color TV, no stereo system, no phone, no games, no computer. You shut the door and you just sat there and you start sweating. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? That was pure prison. Today, you put your child, you on punishment. He got, he got a phone, he, he, he emailing and texting and uh, twittering and got computers, got all kind of games. That ain't no punishment. Check it out. Look at this. Look what he says. Don't become weary of his correction. Now look at the motivation, verse 11, 4. Verse 12, for whom the Lord loveth, he what? Correcteth, even, even, here it is, even as a what? A father to the son in whom he delighteth. Delighteth. When I went down to be with my son, I started thinking back of all the hard times I put on him against his will. 
And it's a delicate difference in breaking his will versus breaking his spirit. You never want to break a child's spirit, but you got to break their will. Are y'all with me? They can't continue to have their own way. They can't get you in the grocery store, cuss you out, and you sit up there now, Johnny, don't talk to mommy. Oh, no. Oh. I, see come, I see kids come to church with their parents and their parents. Come on, we go sit down. You know, around Christmas, I, I always put my little train set up around in the foyer. You ever see my trains around there? One year, about seven years ago, eight years ago, I, I, we had a big sign, do not touch trains. I said it from the pulpit, don't touch my trains. <laughs> so this little boy came in with his mother and said, oh, mommy, look, a train. She said, yeah, don't touch it. And he pulled away from my hand and ran up to the train set and threw the train off the tracks. And I was coming past I said, <laughs> Hit him upside his head. She said, I told you don't mess with Pastor Trey. He, he did like this. Like, well, you don't get away from my trains. I'm going to knock you back three centuries. Are you out of your mind? I can tell you had no home training. See, listen. When my mom said don't, we, it was don't. Can I get a witness? I know I'm outdated, Sister Hicks. I keep telling y'all, my mother's the usher. She stood in that center aisle with them white gloves on, and we'd be in the back with the little kids with candy. <laughs> and my mother would look at me and go like this. <laughs> that was it, Doc. The nod meant, I'm going to tear your behind up. That's power when somebody can do this. And you start shaking. That's that's power. That's power, Doc. That's power. Yes, sir. That's power. Check it out. Mm. He deals with this matter. Lord, have mercy of chastening. Mm. And don't lie to your kids telling them, I'm sorry, but... This beating is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. That's the biggest lie in the world. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. Tell them the truth. This is going to hurt you. But, but check it out. Look at the final aspect of a godly father. The confidence of a godly father. 13 to 24. Real quick, I just want to point out some words. Are you with me? Look at verse 13. Happy is the man. Now, now stop. If you follow the flow of this text, if you follow the godliness of this father, if you follow the exhortation of this text, that boy ends up happy. Look at verse 14. He's like merchandise, silver and gold, 15 rubies, 16 lymphodades, 17 pleasantness and peace, 18 tree of life, 23 no stumbling, 24 rest. 26, confidence. Ah. Child of God, fathers, 
need to be both a superman and a supermodel. Calm, cool, and collected. Clark Kent, but ready to go into the telephone booth. Can I get a witness? A father must be a supermodel, one who reflects righteousness, one who is saved, one who prays, one who exalts Jesus Christ, one who loves, liberates, and legislates righteousness. He's got to be a superman, faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings with a single bound. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's super. Man, can I get a witness? Now, some of y'all sisters I got to talk to because you have a tendency to make your superman into a non-superman. Here's how you mess your man up. Can I get a witness? You say he's slower than a snail, less powerful than an old battery, able to barely get out of bed, can only leap in the morning. Look up in the ceiling. It's a flea. It's a fly. It's a flop. No, he's a superman. Can I get a witness? Let's stand on our feet this morning. And I want you to appreciate the superman. Repeat after me. Stand on your feet. Say, my kid's father is faster than a bullet. Can I get a witness? Oh, he's faster than a bullet. Can I get a witness? More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings with a single bound. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's Superman. If you go home and call your husband a superman, if you go home and call your children's father a superman, maybe he'll go in the phone booth. Maybe he'll take off the suit. Maybe he'll show you the S. Can I get a witness? What does the S stand for? I'm glad you asked. It means shut up. And let me be the head of the home. I'm only, I'm only joking. <laughs> well, Lord, we wanna, we wanna bless our fathers today. Let's give the fathers a hand clap. Hallelujah. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If you need to be saved, Jesus Christ is the greatest Superman, Super God and Superman. He came and makeshift delivery room. He wrapped himself in flesh. He was mild-mannered like Clark Kent. Yeah, but one day he took off his suit, got up on a cross, and died for our sins. And on the third day, he got up with all power in his hands. And he's able to save from the guttermost to the uttermost. He's truly Superman. Can I get a witness? He's a super God and he's superhuman. If you're here and you need to be saved, just raise your hand. You want to give your life to Jesus Christ. He died for your sins and was buried. Get saved today. Is there one? Or perhaps you want to join the church. Is there one? 
Just raise your hand. Jesus loves you. He died for your sins. He wants to save you. Come on down, my old man. Is there another? Praise Jesus. All right, man. Love you. Is there another? Is there another? Come on up front. Come on. Give your life to Christ. He died for all your sins, past, present, and future. Amen. I ask you to go with the ministers. Let's be seated. Shh. We're changing gears. Thank you. All right. Bow your heads. Father, we thank you for the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Thank you for these fathers, Lord. Now, God, we pray that you would prepare our hearts and minds for communion. On the day that you were betrayed, you took bread, broke it, and said, Take eat, this is my body, this was broken for you. You took wine, you passed the wine and said, Drink, this is the blood of the New Testament. As often as you do this, you show remembrance of me to our come. We confess that we are wrong and you are right. And God, as we partake of these symbolic elements of wafer and druse that are symbolic of your body and blood, give us discernment to do it until you come. You said, for as often as you do this, you show remembrance of...